Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. I am fresh off an incredible weekend with today's guests, Tony Carey and Ashley Hicks Rocha of the co-founders of Black Girls Run. Black Girls Run is a national organization or really a movement that is helping women make health and fitness a priority, plain and simple. And see, when you hang out with women like this, you walk away feeling inspired, hopeful, and with a greater perspective on what's important in your life. So like everyone else who touches Tony and Ashley, I've been feeling a little wiser, more grounded, more in tune with what the world is telling me what to do. And, you know, with that, I think I'm more aware of the signs and maybe, I guess a better way to put it would be the doors that are constantly opening and closing around me. So I was thinking about this podcast in that, in that realm here, something that is an absolute favorite project of mine, but it does take precious time and energy. And time and energy are really all we have at the end of the day. So I'm constantly wondering if I'm putting my time and energy in the right places. So just as I was wondering if this podcast is helping other people the way I hope it can, I got this Facebook message that I feel compelled to read to you. Nicole. I've listened to your podcast since day one and just wanted to say how much I love it. It got me through a lot of tough winter lifting workouts when I had a broken foot and now accompanies me on runs. I'm autistic and a former competitive runner, but very isolated. Sport is my way of connecting with the world. Becky Piper's story really inspired me because I was also brutally attacked in a home invasion nearly three years ago, though thankfully did not suffer any brain damage or paralysis. I have lots of PTSD and even more anxiety than I did before. Being outdoors is escapism for me. Thank you for the companionship and company your upbeat podcast provides me in my loneliness. The world can be a confusing place with autism, but something about runners and triathletes makes it more understandable for me. I feel like I know you via the podcast. You become a friend and a comfort in my isolation. Thank you for all you do and sharing your life with listeners and bringing on guests. You ask thought-provoking and sensitive questions. You help others feel less afraid. (sighs) And there's a big heart at the end. And I'm not going to tell you her name because this is not about, you know, highlighting other people who have issues, but it's about bringing people together. And like she said, helping people feel less lonely and less afraid. And when I read messages like this, it keeps me going. 
See, I think the point is that we all feel alone at times in the world, me included. And when we share a story together, even if it's just through the airwaves, it makes us feel less alone and sometimes less afraid. So thank you for sharing, sharing that email. That means a lot to me. And I encourage anyone else to send me notes too. I may not reply to everyone just due to lack of time and energy, but it doesn't mean I'm not reading your notes and they're not making an impact in my life. All right, now that we're all super connected and ready to roll, let me tell you a little more about today's amazing guests. In 2009, Tony Carey and Ashley Hicks Rocha founded Black Girls Run to tackle the obesity epidemic in the African-American community and provide encouragement and resources to women. They have built a 100% grassroots movement centered around bringing women together both virtually and on foot through running. And they've grown it to 250,000 members across the USA. And you don't build an empire like this on hope and luck. It takes vision, hard work, passion, and belief in your convictions. This is the first podcast I've done in front of a live audience, so you will hear some background noise that the microphones pick up from time to time, including a cute little baby toddler who is running around. You'll have to let me know if you enjoy this setting, if it adds a little more life, or if it's distracting. Let me know. If you like it, I may have to start doing more live shows. So this one may at times sound like a marriage counseling session or more so that than an interview, but that's exactly what it's like to build a business with a partner. It's a marriage filled with ups, downs, and all arounds. All right, then with that, let's bring on Tony and Ashley. What do you think, ladies? Are we ready? Let's do it. Yes. Are ready? Yeah. Are you all ready? Yeah. All right, welcome to Run This World with Nicole DeBoom. This is the first time I have ever aired a podcast episode in front of a live studio audience. You are my guests, and I am honored to have you here today, Tony and Ashley. Thank, Thank you. you. Have you ever done a live studio audience podcast? We have not. We've yeah. actually talked about it a lot. Yeah. But we've never actually done it. No. This is well, awesome. because you do have your own podcast, too. We did, we did. until it got to be a lot of work oh <laughs> so what does that say here we know you're not lazy are you just overworked we're a little oh, yeah. I would say that would be accurate well let's let's give people a little background on you so run this world is all about interviewing people who are visionaries and people who are making change in the world and you two fit right into that role because of what you're doing right now with black girls run or as we may call it BGR today but Black Girls Run didn't always exist. It wasn't something you inherited. You had to come together first and right. grow up and have your own experiences in life, which got you here. So it's also interesting when you interview two people, we're gonna kind of just flow with it and see where it goes. But I'm gonna throw it to one of you. I wanna learn a little more about your background. So let's start with Tony. Where'd you grow up? How did you, how did you get here? So it was a cold day in 1983. No, I was born in uh, Lebanon, Tennessee, which is outside of Nashville. Um, I always joke that the pinnacle of my athletic career was junior pro basketball, which was in elementary school. So I retired super early um, and was just a couch potato after that. And so Ashley, and your background is, you're more athletic than I am for sure. <laughs> 
Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I thought you were gonna give us like a little bit more about who you are. Oh, and, um, I mean, I can keep going, but I, I'll, I'll go and then you can go again. So yeah, I'm um, from Georgia. I consider myself a Georgia peach. Um, and did I played soccer my whole life? Played growing up. Played in college, and uh, that's how I got to Middle Tennessee State, where Tony and I met. Um, and then after college, I um, was working at a news station and just was like, I need to work out and do something. But if for like a lot of college athletes or, or people who've been athletes in other sports, like you don't really know how to work out if it's not training for a particular sport. So that was kind of how I fell into running is I started to do that um, after moving back home and, and working my first job. Um, and so that's kind of leads to the story of Black Girls Run, but I think Tony has a, <laughs> a good story just about who you are and, and like your background in, in communications. And yeah, so um, like I said, I was never really athletic, and and so um, I was always just like very career driven. That was kind of like my thing, um, and so when I moved to New Jersey by myself, I had just broken up with a boyfriend. Instead of cutting my hair like many women do, I became a vegetarian and started running. And so that really was the entry point for me into being athletic. You know, growing up in the South, um, and I think we probably share this experience is of the big Southern dinners, like every Sunday, we always had, like a lot of Sundays when I was growing up, we always had the pastor and his family over at our house having dinner. So there was, there was these huge spreads. And, um, you know, health and wellness was not uh, not something that my parents really talked about. My dad was athletic, he played basketball, but it wasn't really a focus in our home. Um, and actually as a kid, I did do gymnastics. And I, I don't share this story a lot, but I remember even at that young age, being in gymnastics and looking around the room and saying like, I'm the only black kid here. Like being that aware at that young of an age. And I remember telling my mom I didn't want to do gymnastics anymore because I didn't want to be the only black girl in the class. And so I guess I've always just had like this self-awareness about myself and being a person of color in white dom uh, spaces, um, in white spaces, I guess you could say. And so especially white sports I mean right, it, it right. is very clear I mean you look at swimming I grew up a swimmer and there are very few, very few. swimmers that are of any other ethnic background right um, so I totally get that but that I mean that says a lot when at six years old you recognize yeah. that divide um, I want to go back to one thing you talked about which was the dinner table yeah <laughs> yes I mean food we're all driven by food too so you know um, I do think there's something though to the fact that you at least had family dinners Yes. And that this may or may not have anything to do with running or health, but it has something to do with connecting. Yes. Right? So do you still do that? Like, how important is it to connect over the dinner table? It's still very important. When I go home to visit, um, you know, my brother and my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew, they all come over. And my mom, my mom will call me like a week in advance, like, what do you want for Sunday dinner? Like, it's a big deal. We'll all go to church together and still have, have dinner together. And so I think it's just such a part. I don't know if it's just for African-Americans because that's a way that we've always traditionally connected over food. But that part of our culture is, is like, it's food is such a, it's just a, such an important part. And I know your family for sure had the bit like when your your grandmother was still living I, like, yeah i grew up, i mean like we grew up going to like my grandmother's house like every fourth sunday and definitely grew up in a really large family um and i think there's so many there's so much love and there's so much pride and there's so many great things that come out of these like 
Sunday dinners um, and just the tradition of it. And um, like I still have aunts that will do it and we'll go over to their houses. It's just healthier now. Right. Um, that's the, I think that's like. And it wasn't that it was. I mean, it. it you could go into like a whole yeah, like. That's a separate podcast. Yeah. That's a whole separate <laughs> podcast. But I mean, I think it's just um, great to see traditions that can continue on and then just change in, in subtle ways that, you know, it's just more, more accommodation accommodating for new lifestyles yeah. well it is and and speaking of traditions so Ashley you talk about like I think you said after college you wanted to start you know figuring out how to work out again in a different way mm -hmm. right so you're creating a new habit and a new tradition how does somebody who a lot of people who belong to BGR and our members they don't know where to start and how to start mm -hmm. so how did you do it and how do you recommend other people get started with a change in your life that's that big and can be that intimidating yeah I mean I think it's like any any change right like running's like you know if you want to any habit that you want to create um, I think it's like consistency um, I think it's knowing when you're really ready to make a change um, they say that change doesn't happen until you're really ready like no one can push you into it it has to be self-motivated oh, but ahead. how do you I mean what's the sign when do you I know think, you're I ready think, I think a lot of people it like something happens in their life um, that they go okay that's that's a wake-up sign that's a warning sign or that's just a sign right that I'm ready to change and I think that that's always key because um, you know I, I feel like it's to have longevity in anything that you want to do you kind of have to have that and what was your sign um I think mine was like more just um the I very much like running for like stress release um and the mental health aspects of it just to like that's my zen time I don't run with music or headphones or anything like that and um for me it's like to just go out there to meditate to pray I felt like I get great ideas it's more of a spiritual thing than it is anything else um and obviously it's like there's health benefits to it but that's just what i fell in love with um and what i probably just needed at that season in my life well and it's funny because we all come to it in different ways and for different reasons right mm -hmm. and ideas hell yeah i mean that's where i thought of skirt sports i was on a run <laughs> you know you were I probably on a I run when you thought of black girls run we're gonna get there but um tony you said you also just had a moment where you're like i just decided to become a vegetarian and a runner yeah like why what was the driving force to make such big change i think that it, the relationship that I, in, I was in was like so toxic and coming out of that me moving and I really wanted it to be a new chapter for my myself and it was like okay it's now I feel like I've had this moment a lot of times but like it's time to grow up it's time to grow up you know and so for me I that feel was like that a lot yeah <laughs> like every couple of years it's time to yeah. grow up <laughs> it's maybe it's it's time for a new season I think like you go through yeah I, I mean I've known Tony now for very long a long time I can't count right now but um you know and you see people go through seasons and it's like you had that season and it was like a, a season of like personal growth and you know, I'm learning and I'm trying something new, which is always a great way to usher in a season of, of change when you need change. And, and um, to your point, like that's been the biggest lesson in creating Black Girls Run is learning to accept those seasons because they're going to keep coming. So the like the easier, the faster that you can get comfortable with your life changing and 
um, I guess what I'm calling like leveling up or raising consciousness or, or whatever you want to call it, the more comfortable you can be with that, the less it feels like this push and pull and this struggle, right? Like it becomes really just the it's flow about the of life. Flow. Yeah, I was yeah say, it's, it's really flow your flow. Life. Man, the flow. Do we yeah. have to go into that too? That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so do you remember your first run Ooh. as like an adult as you decided to define yourself as a runner now, do you remember it and how did it feel? Actually, I'll let you go first. I was trying to, I don't remember. Um, but I just, you know what, I feel like you, you definitely feel this for me. It's like all of those early runs just felt like very zen and very much um, like a release. Wow. Totally opposite experience for me. Yeah. I think I. Your personalities are coming out. Here. Yes, yeah. we are um, alike in a lot of ways, but very, very different. Very different. Um, I remember crying. I think maybe the first three or four weeks of running, it was, it was physically taxing for me because I've never done anything like that before. My body was like, wait, what are we doing? But I think it was also like such an emotional release too. I just remember crying a lot, and then I got to a point where I was like, oh, that was great. You know, like one day you go out and it's like, that was actually enjoyable. I think I really like this. So um, I remember just running around my little town that I lived in and I was just out there. I just remember feeling alone, but not in a way that was like Zen, like Ashley. It was like you're out there with all these thoughts in your head and you're processing and it's just you. It's just you out there and you gotta work through whatever it is. So, lots of crying. Um, that's, uh, and, and I think the message is for people, if it hurts at the beginning, don't give up. Oh yeah. It may be zen and it may be awesome and you may feel great from the beginning, but a lot of people don't. And uh, the first run, a lot of people say, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Keep going. It's funny because um, I haven't really run a race in like two years. So I'm training for the half marathon in Baltimore and I'm, I'm really kind of starting over. And I remember like my first speed work, speed workout I did a couple of weeks ago. Every time I finished the 800, the F word came out. Like I'm screaming, <laughs> like I was so pissed off at myself. Like, and it's like, okay, like Tony, gotta cut yourself some slack like it's okay you're starting over it's fine so even having run really for eight years you still have those moments where you have to pump yourself up and and cut your, cut yourself some slack you do and you're supposed to naturally go up and down throughout a year of cycles where you get out of shape you should get out of shape and we all know what getting back in shape feels mm. like it's horrible and yet, I always like to look at those, like the first speed work of every season, I would call it speed work 101. And it right. just sets your foundation. So if it's crappy, that's kind of good. Cause then you have somewhere to go from there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the beauty and the difficult part of running mm -hmm. and pushing our bodies. I want to get into how you met. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Bring it on. Ashley, <laughs> should you tell a story? Cause I, I think you knew me before I knew you. I think you knew me before I knew you. I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> <laughs> I knew of you. I think that, because I don't remember really meeting you. I don't, never mind. Okay, okay first so of all, Tony's go. memory is like terrible. I always joke that she has early onset Alzheimer's, it's which is funny. terrible. It it's not funny. Family. Does it? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll take that back. <laughs> 
take it back. Jeez. Awesome episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I used to get really mad at her for her memory, and now I'm just like, I don't even let her try and remember anything. I have to write everything down. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, we definitely met in college. Um, we actually pledged the same sorority. Um, and I was a student ambassador, and that's how you had – Tony worked in the admissions office. Mm-hmm. As, I don't even know what you did. I was interning. I thought you worked there. But I worked there during the summer. Yeah, I thought she was just, like, a regular employee. Oh, like I was older. Like, yeah. I graduated. Yeah, I thought she there. was just a regular employee. And so then when we started pledging, I was like, oh, man, they got, like, grad people or something. And then we got – and we I don't think we, like, hit it off initially. We Not didn't, at all. We didn't – because Tony, like, you, I remember we would just be sitting there, and Tony, like, would always have this straight face, and I'm, like, usually, like, smiling and, like, happy-go-lucky. And so then when, um, after we crossed, I was the chapter president, and Tony was the treasurer, and so we were always together and just started hanging out all the time. Um, it was not a love connection at the very beginning, though, I don't think. But I think we realized pretty quickly that we worked really well together. And I, like, the best memories I have of college is us, like, 2 a.m. in the morning, brainstorming stuff, drinking really terrible beer or whatever together, was, whatever yeah. we were drinking, whatever we could get our hands on at that point. But um, it was, we start, it's like, you didn't see one without the other a lot of times, and we just started rolling really deep. We were like a little mafia. It was a little quick, yeah. <laughs> it's like your group, you know, your, your girlfriends. It was because it was like another girl that was always with us, too. Um, so, yeah, but we've, we, yeah, so we've known each other a really a long, long time. time. Um, I was probably 20, 20. Yeah, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, years. this is your longest relationship. It is. Um, oh, God, that's. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. And she so, tries to divorce me. She tells me that every time we're getting divorced, I'm like, are we still together or not? <laughs> <laughs> Did you, like, start running together? No. No. Oh. No. So Ashley's actually a year ahead of me. Yeah. So she had started her running journey, like, long before me. And so I remember when she started running and we would, you know, catch up, she said, oh, I just came back from, like, a two-mile run or a mile run. And in my mind, it sounded like 20 miles. Um, and I was like, what? I don't, like, did you run somewhere? Or, like, what is that? How does that work? She was like, I just I went outside and I just ran. And so I definitely was like, Ashley, that's not something that, um, <laughs> that's not something that we do. Like, I didn't know that. I, I've never seen, I don't know what that looks like. But it was pretty, like, as I kind of started watching her journey, I was like, she's losing weight, she looks great, she's saying she feels better, like, maybe she's onto something. And that was, like, hook, line, and sinker for me. Like, let me give this a try. So, really, I mean, Ashley definitely inspired me in terms of, like, trying the running thing. And I remember, like, ordering books or going to the bookstore and just getting, like, five different books about running and just reading about running before I actually even, like, put a foot on the pavement. Um, so, yeah, that's how. So, okay. So, you're, you're besties. You're hanging yes. out. You're married. You're more than besties. You're just, like, you need each other. You complete each other. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Which is so weird, but like I can just, those are special relationships. And um, yet, at the same time, you were dreaming up things, right? Mm -hmm. So at what point, were you in college when you came up with the idea for Black Girls Run? 
No, yeah. we were working and we used to chat on Yahoo Messenger every day. Um, and it kind of just like organically came out of a conversation that we were having about running. Um, and so we decided to start blogging um, and blogged for two years. And mm -hmm. then before we even launched the running groups, um, yeah. and it was so long ago, it was like, we always have people it was before Facebook and Twitter. Um, like we were, you know, on Twitter before Oprah, Oprah and anyone else. And, you know, and Facebook didn't have pages and groups and any of that at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was a really cool experience just to build a community because the community at that time was just other black women who were like dedicated runners, like marathoners, half marathoners, like really, really running. Um, and we were connecting with them. And then out of that, like after we launched the running groups, that's when it was like so many people who were new to the sport. coming in. Our whole goal though, when we started Black Girls Run was to write a book because that's what bloggers did. We were, we were gonna write this book, you know, we were lucky, maybe a bestseller, I don't know. Um, and so this part of Black Girls Run that you see today was like never really in our plan, at least obviously it was in somebody's plan, but it, it definitely wasn't in our plan for it ever to become what it is today. So was the goal of the blog to increase awareness that women of color can run too? And why? Yeah, a little bit but it was you know what it was it, it was so um genuine that it, and true to us like if people when, when people like get to know us they're like oh my god you guys are so silly and just like you can probably tell yeah we just <laughs> i mean when we're ever together it's just like it's always just like us joking around and whatever so the blog was really reflecting that it wasn't like you know, right at the time, I felt like people were giving health information, like, and it was coming from this perspective of, like, don't die from heart disease, don't do this, don't, you know, and and fear. And so we, we talked about that a lot in the early days. It's like, people don't, I feel like real change doesn't come out of fear. Mm -hmm. Getting people to change their lifestyle, you're not going to do that through fear. And so we were like, it's just coming from love and from a good place. So it was lighthearted. And I, it was more stories about our journeys yeah. and what we're doing, as opposed to just, like, I remember one of the first, like one of my favorite ones was when we did a fashion makeover for you. Oh, because I used to just run and whatever. I was never. You, tell, you gotta tell about the shoes that you were what? running. Oh, I just used to run. And the, here's the thing, though. Let me let me say, <laughs> I for soccer in college, our part of our fitness test was two miles in 12 minutes. So mm -hmm. six minute miles, which was like, and you, we did like speed work. We just did sprints because soccer is sprinting. And I would do that in whatever shoes. Again, I was like 18, 19, 20, like that's so different. So when I started running, I was like, whatever shoes, I had these like suede green Pumas that I used to run in. And I was, I thought I was fine, but clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I read in this book that you need right. extra wicking clothes. And and I thought I would like whatever, shoes. you know, like you get t-shirts from like whatever <laughs> thing you've gone to and I would just throw that on and I had these like cotton shorts that my mom got me at the beach. Like, <laughs> Okay, so we do want people to buy in to moisture wicking clothing. Yes. However, <laughs> I think the point is that, you know, yeah, these things exist to help prevent injuries yeah. and right. make it more comfortable but in the end all you really need is the will and your body right and get yourself moving right? yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely it's, so um so when did the blog and how did the blog evolve into a national movement of women meeting in groups all over the country and coming together in a community unlike maybe what you'd imagined 
Yeah, so we're blogging, blogging, blogging. And at, at that point, I think we still kind of thought like the only people reading our blog was our moms. Um, you know, we get the occasional comment from whoever and wherever. Yeah, we got really good comments. But it was like people we knew, I feel like. No, we had created a following, uh, but it wasn't... Now, I mean, if, if let's say if Instagram had been around, then we probably would have been like, okay, we got a couple hundred likes. Yeah, true. But it wasn't... It, that wasn't the platform. You know, like, your platform was, like, your blog comments. So yeah. we would go in there and follow up on comments. Like, uh, two days later, it's not, like, this instant kind no. of... So that, like, I have to give that context. And so when we posted that we were doing a meetup in Atlanta, we were really nervous because you're also thinking, like... We're, the running scene was not diverse at that point at all. And it wasn't even that it wasn't black women. It wasn't a lot of women running now. I mean, it's running is, is predominantly women. So when we posted that we were doing this meetup in Atlanta at the uh, Georgia Public's Marathon, you know, you're, you're kind of nervous. Like, is anyone going to show up? And um, so we went around. I remember we got there early to the expo, and we went around, and any black person we saw, we're like, hey, have you heard of Black Girls Run? Like, we're having this totally meetup. Totally stereotyping. Yeah, and, 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 it was, and it worked, you know? Um, I mean, people can appreciate that, I think. Um, and so we had this meetup, and it was great. We had, like, 30, 40 ladies there, and everyone's like, I, you know, just the center, like, because we got together. We had a post, a pre-race tent. To hang out and just like that feeling of camaraderie that we mm -hmm. all felt like we had um, running that race together was amazing and everyone's like I want something like this back in my hometown you guys really need to do running groups and we're like we've talked about it oh that seems like a lot and we're like okay well we have nothing to lose like we'll just give it a shot and um, we just posted on the blog like hey if you want a running group in your town send us an email and the people who sent emails like if it was four people from a city, I would just reply with all four people and be like, hey, you have a group now, Black Girls Run, <laughs> you know, whatever, and um, it was, and from there, it was interesting because Facebook was becoming, Facebook, you know, was initially just college students, yeah. and they had opened it up to, like, anyone now can have a Facebook group or Facebook profile, and that was really, I mean, we owe Facebook a high five. Yeah, like, a very nice thank you. Um, yeah. Because it, at that point, it kind of just went viral. And you kind of just see, like, you can kind of just see all these people with this interest. And it, I mean, like, I felt like people were coming out of the woodwork. Like, yeah. I didn't even realize that, like, I thought the black women were running, but I didn't know it was this, right? And so, for me, it was like nothing. I remember going to races before we had started the running groups and literally looking around and saying, there's nobody here that looks like me. So that Georgia Publix marathon experience was like completely different and something that I hadn't experienced before. And you actually had to back up a little bit because we had a terrible experience at a running group. Oh, yeah. Oh, what yeah. We, um, I was living, I lived in Charlotte for almost two years, so like a year and a half. And I, at the time, was like, running like a seven thirty eight minute mile and I was like the slow like on the slower end of this running group so this was like and running was at that time again was not your everyday person running this right. was like a lot of like old athletes from college and whatnot and so I was like oh Tony you should come run with me in this running group it's great and so she comes and long story short they were like basically like you guys need to just do half of the route because you're running too slow and so we had to like cut it off but even no before one, then even no before one. like totally exclusive 
It was oh, totally yeah. exclusive. It wasn't inclusive of all. They had sized the stuff when we got there. Like, are you guys here for the running group? Like, We're question in running mark. clothes. Right. <laughs> got them running shoes. What did you expect? Um, and so we had had, like, if we hadn't had that, I think that experience was pivotal because when we started our running groups, we're like, it has to be inclusive. No woman left behind. There has to be a sweeper. It has to be open to all levels, all shapes, all sizes, everyone. You know, and our only rule, like our rule number one was like no men allowed. And then rule number two was like, I don't even know. Have it fun. wasn't it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> even important at that time. Well, why don't you summarize the mission? Yeah, so the mission of Black Girls Run is really to empower and encourage African American women to live a healthy and active lifestyle. And I think it's easy to, to kind of look at the name or hear the name and say, well, it, it feels very exclusive or like, why do we need a, a separate running group for black women? But, you know, in 2009, when we started this blogging, um, Barack Obama had just come into office and Michelle had, we're on face, first name basis, Michelle had started <laughs> uh, the Let's Move campaign. And so there was all this like, buzz around obesity, the obesity epidemic. And when you look at African-American women, um, African-American women, 80% um, of African-American women are overweight or obese. And so from, I mean, as you know, from obesity comes all of these other chronic illnesses that you have to address. In I mean, we die from heart disease, um, you know, like all these different things. And, and there was no one really focusing on the, the community of women. And so, you know, we were really naive to think like, maybe we could actually solve this obesity epidemic by running. Naive or brilliant? I don't know yet. I mean, <laughs> you, don't, you don't start anything unless you're a little bit naive. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything this big. Yeah. 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 No, definitely naive in a lot of ways. But I think at the end of the day, like our, our thing is we always say like, we just want to like love on people. There's so many, I feel like negative spaces in the world. Um, and even at that time, like it was a feeling of hope, you know, Barack Obama's whole campaign and everything. Yeah. There was this kind of feeling of hope, but it's still like, um, we wanted this to be a safe space, this inclusive space of all women and um, a place to just love on each other and have that sisterhood because you don't always find that at like work or, mm -hmm. you know, wherever your groups are. And um, that's that's always yeah. what we wanted to do. And, and Ashley talks about that a lot. I mean, I think women in general can relate to this. Like, we we always i mean we're being told we're not pretty enough we're not small small enough we don't get paid as much as men like there's there's wage gaps or whatever and to create a space where it's like everyone knows feels empowered you know like in, in whatever way that 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 means and so Ashley is all about like loving on people. I mean, that's kind of one of the that's oh, her that's, big. That's what I say. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, <laughs> she has always just infused that. Um, Too love is important. It is important. Yeah, but you're definitely like the lover. Yeah, and and black girls. And what are you then? I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Ashley, what would you say? Oh God, you put me on the spot. <laughs> don't worry, I've got a speed round for this stuff. Okay, oh, okay, go. Okay. So we have a question from the crowd. Um, as a non-black woman, how can I support BGR? Can I join BGR? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that in order for for change to happen on, on this level and just change to happen in the world, it's going to take everybody. 
you know, this was never, again, this was never meant to be exclusive to black women. It was really just to create a space where black women could feel safe because we always don't feel safe. You know, even now, like I, I just posted on my Facebook page the other day, it's the first time in my running career where I don't necessarily feel as safe as I used to going out for a run by myself. And so um, I would encourage white women, definitely come join us. And I think that by, the pavement does something to people. I don't know if it's the, the endorphins, but you open up to people in ways, even like the run today, like you open up to people in ways that maybe we wouldn't necessarily, we talk about things that we necessarily wouldn't talk about. And empathy is so important, you know, in this day and age. And I think that opening up those lines of communication and, and not seeing it as a, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Does it make sense? No, no, you always ask me. Do you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> your brain. I know. I would just well, encourage. I mean, I think yeah. that like so the the pavement is this great equalizer because yeah. no matter if you're you know this executive or a doctor or a librarian or whatever it is, you know, running can has a way of um, what is it? Uh, God, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, leveling the playing field? Well, well, not even just leveling the playing field, but like if you feel like you're all high and mighty, like running can kind of oh, definitely humble humbling you. you. <laughs> humble you right? Like running is so humbling. And so that's why everyone felt like it was a safe space too, because you don't have it, the chance to really um, be pretentious or no. whatever. You're like, oh, I can hardly breathe. Like, <laughs> um, And so I think that that's what Tony's trying to say is it's, it's just. Um, if you needed a safe space where, where everyone is kind of on an equal playing field or has the space to share and open up because they are humbled, like yeah. that is the place. Very well put. Thank you. Nice. Wow. Are you in marketing too? <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, so is it free? Like how do people join? Yeah, it's absolutely free. Um, it's super, we made it super easy to join, um, and people. I think people sometimes people want it wants it to be more than it is. But you know, find a group in your area, find a, a run that works for you. Literally, just show up, let them know that you're new. They'll give you the ropes, which is really just have fun. So, do they find the group on your website? Yeah, okay. yeah. Go to our website, BlackGirlsRun.com. All of our groups are listed there. We have 200 amazing ambassadors across the country that lead our groups on a on a really daily basis. Depending on what city you're in, there could be runs morning, evening, seven days a week. So. Um, there's always someone waiting for you on the on the pavement, and um, yeah, we invite everyone to come out and join us. It's it's totally free. Well, let's um, on that note. Let's on the note of everyone. Yeah, I want to talk about skin color. Yeah, let's go there. Uh oh. So um, I saw this really funny little thing that was forwarded around on Facebook and it was two little boys mm -hmm. and they were like five or six and they were like oh my gosh our teacher we're playing a joke on our teacher she is never gonna know be able to tell us apart we both got the same haircut and they were so excited and they were laughing so hard and then they showed the picture of the boys and one boy was white and one boy was black mm -hmm. and but they didn't obviously see that mm -hmm. so by six-ish years old you were aware yeah. you know why and when do we 
does it even ever become something that we notice there is every shade of skin even in this room today right you know like what is the big deal here and why is our country going insane right now with the race relation issues yeah you know i i uh, one of the things that kind of grates on my nerves is when people say like i don't see color and it's like, no, I need you to see me as a black woman because my experience as a black woman more than likely is gonna be different from you, right? And the way that I walk in this world is is very different than the way that you walk in this world, Nicole. And so I as children, you know, I don't I don't remember as a as a black girl growing up. It was just something that you, that comes naturally, right? Like I remember having conversations with my mom about this is the way that the world perceives you. You know, you have to try harder than the other people in the room. You have to work twice as hard and twice as long to accomplish things. And so we always just had that open dialogue um, in our home and it was just something that I was very aware of as a kid, and it wasn't from a place of, um, it was in a, a very empowering way. So it wasn't like you're less than and you don't have a chance in this world. It's just like, this is the reality. And so I, I guess that's why it, um, it is so important for people to see color because it is such a, it's who I am. It's who I am as a person. I don't know if your experience, I mean, you, grew up in a predominantly white yeah I mean I grew up in a and being the token black kid <laughs> pretty much my whole life I mean and I played soccer there's no there was no black girls in soccer at that time very few um and I mean I think color is absolutely important for people to see and and maybe it's just the the idea that like what you're saying like you want people to recognize diversity and you want people to appreciate it and you yeah. want people to understand the nuances of it as well um and then you want to and my my I guess my experience was different too because I played soccer and I was like the token black kid I like white people would always say well Ashley you're just you're basically white with brown skin. And I was like, that's not exactly what I want you to say either, right? Like, I want you to recognize that there are cultural differences and that's okay. Um, and so it was always a lens of like, I always tell people I have like old school black parents. Like my parents like very like, you know, kind of like, like Tony's saying like, it's hard on you because you gotta be this, you gotta be this just to succeed in this world because they came from an era of like, like my dad has horrible stories about when he first started joining, when he first joined corporate America and how he was treated. And my mom like was the first class to integrate, you know, yeah. school and all those things. So it's like, they very much prepare you for this difficult life in America as a black person and you can have either the weight of that on your shoulders mm -hmm. or like for me I had to like finally like have a even like a come to Jesus with my parents and myself and say like yes I'm black I'm a black woman in America I will be an angry black woman if I continue to focus on those things right. and I have to move on and say like in some ways just start to appreciate all the differences in a different light. Right. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. and, and it's interesting with BGR and bringing any community of women together. I mean, it is, like you said, the pavement is an equalizer. Just bringing women together in the same room helps us understand and embrace the fact that we all have limitations and we all have fears mm. and we all have dreams and we all have goals. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's where we have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think the danger is not being willing to have what I guess are perceived hard conversations or uncomfortable conversations. I love talking about race. Like it, I, I love to have those conversations and I, I love to learn about other people's culture and background. And lately I've, I've been on a tangent, like we all have work to do. Like I need more Muslim friends. I need more friends who um, are transgendered because I need to be empathetic to their lifestyle and understand how they have to, how they are navigating through this world mm-hmm. as well. And so, you know, I think that there's this tendency to say, well, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about race or like, I don't want to talk about what's happening in the world. It's like, well, this is how we got here because we're not talking. Like we have to talk about slavery. It happened. Like we can't just act like it didn't because it yeah, did. Absolutely. You know, and I think we just do ourselves a disservice when we're not willing to have those tough conversations and it, it gets us in a mess. Um, of kind of you know where we are today where all of these emotions are coming out and and, and it feels like it's just been bub I think what's happened it's just been bubbling under the surface and now it's just being brought to light I mean hard conversations if you have any tricks for people because here's the thing people listening are they had an affair they have to tell their husband at some point they um you know whatever it is something hard could be going on their kid needs to tell their parent they're pregnant you know like what is the trick to ripping off that band-aid and having that hard conversation man either of probably vulnerability yeah Ooh, my therapist would love that you said that (laughs) (laughs) i think that's her word though you're always like be vulnerable be vulnerable but i'm not which is the funny part yeah she's always pressing me to be though um but no i mean i think to tony's point like it's great to have conversations um i think it's great for people to share i um try to be uh, i try to practice empathy and like non-judgment non-judgment and like understanding people's perspectives and their backgrounds and um i think that's the key is like for you to share like for me to share my story for you to share your story um i read a really good book called um the hillbilly eulogy have you guys, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. And it was like, I need to even understand um, classism in America. Mm-hmm. I grew up very like middle, upper middle class. And I was like, I'm one of those people who's part of the problem because I'm now judging. Or when people say, you know, pull yourself by your own bootstraps. Well, not everyone even had bootstraps. So it's like, right. and, and especially when it comes to like white people and you being the, them being like the dominant race, it's like, well, how are you? poor how are you this and it's like no wait Ashley take a step back and like really understand and listen to people's story this guy wrote a great book about his story and and it it's it means something yeah absolutely you know gosh we are this is a great conversation (laughs) this might have to be what do y'all think what do y'all think (laughs) yay (laughs) we've got a few more questions and we're gonna wrap it here um Ashley I have one for you Mm. you have a baby girl I do what is the most important value you want her to grow up with? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I think every like a lot of parents say, you know, I just I want my person, my kid, to be a good person. Um, and I think, like again, it probably goes back to my own um, values around love. I think, like you know, love conquers all in some ways. But I, I definitely teach her that. I think that and gratitude love and gratitude we we go through our gratitude list every morning 
um, and we go through our what we love list. <laughs> and these are things where I want her to wake up every day being grateful and then being like, you know what, I love you, I love you, you are meaningful in my life. Wow, that is, uh, that's really cool. I agree. Um, you know what we're going to do is go into a little speed round. Speed oh. round. All right, you ready? Yeah. I'm going to throw it out, and let's do who wants to go first each time so they know who's talking. Tony's I'll go first. first. All right. Okay. All right, first we're going to warm you up easy. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. 5Ks or marathons? 5Ks. 5K. Favorite post-race meal? Oh. It was pizza, but I can't do dairy or gluten anymore, so I have to say, like, a burger with gluten-free bun. <laughs> Chipotle. What? Chipotle. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I nice. like Mexican. I do. Yeah. Um, beer or wine? Neither. She can't do yeast. Oh. Yeah. There's a gluten-free uh, beer whatever brewery around here no but it's the yeast oh the yeast tony yeah. has a lot of food Health allergies issues, and oh, sensitivities the yeast. yeah that's Damn another pass i'll do? say wine awesome <laughs> all right easy one best race you've ever done brooklyn half that's a good one chicago marathon nice all right what is the best quality in each other so tony's answering <laughs> Really? What so? is Ashley's best starting. quality? Really? And she's pausing. Really? Ashley is... Jail's already shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley actually is like the yin to my yang. And so in all the ways that I'm like crazy, she balances me out. So that's not really a straight answer, but um, Ashley is much more grounded than I am. And that you appreciate. I do. Her. I do. Okay. Um, I appreciate that Tony always speaks her mind. I never, I mean, she said that, (laughs) no, I really do. She'd always say, she's like, oh, you know, my throat chakra is closed. And I was like, nope, nope, I don't think so. (laughs) But it's good. I mean, I think you have to have people who are like willing to share and tell their stories and say what's on their mind. Like, don't hold that in. Quirkiest thing about each other. (laughs) quirkiest thing about each other um that's hard that's really hard I'd have to say at first it was probably like your like memory uh, <laughs> we already hit on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh I have one that you would say about me though Look. like I go hard on certain th- things oh my god you, it's not an addictive personality what I do have that? an addictive, addictive personality. personality so like if she likes something it could be similar like oh I like kombucha and then it's like you have to hear about kombucha all day every day she sings about it she's drinking it it's like don't it's okay you could just like something and not and then one day I'm like oh I'm off that yeah <laughs> wait did you answer for I didn't what I so I answer for you so you gotta answer for me. oh I mean I could have a couple for you um probably I don't know I was thinking of the quirkiest thing about me I don't know Ashley can be sort of like, I don't want to say like aloof. I'm very gray. That I was. Gonna oh, say, yes. that's what I was oh my say. god. Tony oh, likes yes. black and white, and I like gray. I hate gray. <laughs> I also have like commitment <laughs> issues. <so>. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I I used to say that she's like the um you know when you're dating a guy she's like dating a guy it's like the guy never really tells you how he feels. You never really know where you stand with the guy. 
Now I know. I have guessing. to be like, Tony, yeah. I love you. And Tony. then it's weird. It's like feels forced. And then you have to tell her your secret love love language. Right. Like, yes. like, <laughs> All right. So our, our marriage counseling session is almost oh. over. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to both take a deep breath right now. Close your eyes for one second. Think about where you are. Mm-hmm. And what is the word that summarizes where you are in your life right now? You want me to go? Yeah, you should go first. So I actually know this really well. My word uh, is release. I like it. It's a little bit orgasmic. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Why not? Embrace it. Right. I think mine would be rediscovery. Awesome. Both awesome. All right, ladies. We do one last question on the Run This World podcast. You're both going to be on the hook for it. Okay? You You can tag team it if you want. Okay. But if you could give our listeners one final nugget, one piece of advice to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? I would say, it sounds so hokey, but live, uh, live unapologetically and be fearless. We were just talking about this in the car, like happiness is so important. So if there's anything in your life that is making you unhappy, find it and get rid of it you know life is way the older I get like my nephew just started freshman he's a freshman in high school which is really tripping me out life is so short we don't have a lot of time on this planet and so why spend a day a moment being unhappy in a situation or whatever circumstances that you're in that you could you have the capacity to change and even when you don't think you can you can that was really heavy. Sorry. That was mm. awesome. Ashley? No, I love that. I think... Um, Ditto? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> no, keep going. What no, I was going to say, I mean, I think, yeah, definitely uh, let go of the things that no longer serve you. Um, and then also, I think it's embracing the seasons of your life. I think that's yeah. the big thing. I love it. Well, this is it. This wraps up our first ever live podcast episode. Come on, ladies. Give us a little round. job you two you are rock stars inside and out thank Thank you you. well that was fun see i don't know about you but i just joined bgr (laughs) seriously on that note you can join bgr even if you are not african-american um yes they are focusing on beating a tough stat for the black population high obesity rates But all women are welcome to be a part of this incredible community. If you find yourself needing something positive, something to help shift your current circumstances, joining BGR or maybe just listening to this episode again and again, um, maybe just a thing. Because as Tony says, live unapologetically and be fearless. Happiness is so important. If anything is not making you happy, find it get rid of it. So take that nugget as you finish up your run today. Think about anything that is not bringing you happiness and make a decision to get rid of it because life is about right now. All right, everyone, on that note, you know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout and I'll see you next week.